what do we have to offer is a big question. And I find that when you go from handling it internally to turning to an RMC for the first time, kind of opens their eyes to just like the breadth of options and, and benefits that are out there. How do they pick from all the relocation management companies? I imagine it's not a one size fits all approach, but then there's also just qualities that should be standard. Powered by NEI Global Relocation, this is Relocation Leader, the podcast where we help advanced professionals in the world of global mobility. Now, here's your host, Zach Turbis. All right, welcome to another episode of Relocation Leader. I'm your host, Zach Turbis. I'm here with Philip Wynn, uh, Director of Global Client Development at NEI Global Relocation, and Philip focuses on emerging markets. Mm -hmm. Philip, why don't you tell me what an emerging market is? Yeah, so... You know, it varies. Uh, typically, it just means companies who are kind of coming into relocation for the first time, or they tend to have maybe a little bit smaller of a program. Uh, here at NEI, we define it as any company that moves or, or relocates 30 or fewer individuals uh, per year. So that's kind of how we draw that line in the sand. So I work really closely with Philip. Um, so I know that uh, a lot of the times it starts out at oh yeah, it'll be up to 30 moves a year and then it doesn't end up there. <laughs> yeah, it it really moves. What you come to find is companies don't always have the best grasp of how many relocations they do per year since doing it internally before they, they go to an RMC. It, it might be a little scattered. Maybe different departments are handling different employees. Um, so kind of getting it all under one umbrella sheds some light. Um, also, you kind of maybe forget, you know, years are long, obviously. Um, and it's a little hard to average out, you know, maybe some months you move five or 10 individuals and some months you move one. So it's a little hard to average out. Um, so yeah, we've had companies who've, who've come in and said, I think we move maybe 17, 20 individuals. And then you kind of dive a little deeper and then you find out they move 60. So, uh, not sure how the numbers get that far off, but it does happen sometimes. So nice. So from a 30,000 foot view, um, how would you kind of explain relocation management to, because a lot of these companies, uh, maybe they're trying relocation for the first time, like outsourcing the relocation management for the first time. Um, how do you explain relocation to them? I imagine they have some experience because maybe they've been doing it themselves in-house, yeah. but you know, when, when they're meeting with you for the first time, kind of what do you say to them? Yeah. So relocation management is what it sounds like. You know, you're, you're kind of managing that relocation process when a company has two or more locations um, where they need employees at. So it's not always possible to hire local talent uh, for, for each place that you have a location of business. So it's kind of critical to, to get the right people in the right places so that things can run smoothly from an operation standpoint, but also, um, to make sure you have that quality of knowledge and expertise uh, so that the new people who are hired locally can be trained properly. Um, so that's kind of why relocation management exists in my mind uh, is companies have found throughout the years that if you're going to scale your business, if you're going to grow, if you're going to have multiple locations, there, there's a need to, to relocate people from location to location. So when, when companies reach out initially to have that conversation, it tends to be, for me at least in the emerging markets, you know, we've 
been kind of managing this in-house. Maybe we've only been offering lump sums. That's not quite cutting it anymore. We, we need to um, offer more benefits due to either, you know, like a, a broader view of where this is going and, and how we would like our employees to experience that relocation. Um, to maybe employees who have relocated in the past come back with feedback and, and they're being asked to relocate a second time or a third time. Um, and it really gives you insight into what's important, what what parts of the move are important to them, what parts kind of frustrated them the most throughout the process uh, and what they need help with. So uh, that that's kind of when you see companies start to go from trying to handle it internally to looking for some help externally. What are some of like the main questions that they have when uh, they're coming to you? Like if you had to pick a couple, uh, which ones do you hear the most? I would say, what do we have to offer is a big question. Um, what benefits are out there that we haven't even considered or, or didn't even know existed? Uh, kind of wanting to get an idea of our, our scope of work. Um, and I find that when you go from handling it internally to turning to an RMC for the first time, kind of opens their eyes to just like the breadth of options and, and benefits that are out there. Um, I mean, we can handle any aspect of, of a move that you can imagine. So um, it can be overwhelming. It doesn't tend to be. It tends to be more exciting than anything when, when they hear that. Um, maybe another one would be just technology. Like, like, What do you have? How can we consolidate this into one place because we're overwhelmed? You know, our employees are spread thin trying to manage our, our mobility program. They're not trained for this. They, they don't know mobility. Um, and this one aspect of their job or what we thought would be one aspect of their job has really consumed their lives, their, their work lives. Um, and they're not really able to focus on the other aspects of their job description. So, um, you know, you can do one of two things. You can either hire a global mobility professional to come in and carve out that role for them to manage your program. Um, and even then with a global mobility professional, they likely will reach outwards for assistance as well to, to kind of manage the program. Um, or you can just, you know, see what's out there and, and see how we can help and uh, all the reporting and, and things that we can do to, to help you run your program uh, in a much more effective manner so that you can kind of just be reviewing reports as opposed to managing every aspect of it. When you have companies reaching out to you for the first time, um, kind of what are some factors that made them reach out to you? Like made them move from like, we can do this in house. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they were doing mostly lump sums or whatever. Um, but then uh, maybe they were moving an executive and that just didn't work. Yeah. You know, um, when they're reaching out to you, what made them reach out to you in the first place? So, I mean, you hit on two of, of the biggest key contributors. So typically, lump sums are kind of your gateway to global mobility. Um, so companies will offer a lump sum. It's it's quick, it's easy, it's painless, it's one transaction. Um, and then you kind of let the employee handle it from there. Now, that doesn't help them a ton, maybe from like a financial standpoint, maybe they don't incur costs in the relocation, but there's a lot more headache that goes into a relocation than just the, the financial strain that it could put on you. Um, although the financial strain is important. Um, and then from a company perspective, it depends on your volume. If, if you're offering a ton of lump sums, there's a lot of 
tracking that kind of goes into that. And that can become overwhelming as well. Um, another reason is uh, when higher ups are being relocated and you're needing to maybe not roll out the red carpet, but but maybe, you know, just show them that that you have everything covered for them since they're they don't have the time necessarily to focus on that relocation. They're much more focused on running the business. Um, and there's added interest to make sure that goes well, because if it doesn't go well, then you have to do the whole thing over again absolutely. shortly after that. Yeah. So, and you, and you want them to be able to, if you're relocating someone to another location, it's it, that high up, it's likely because you are trying to expand your business into that location or um, maybe overhaul that location to or or give that executive more experience in, in learning this new location um, but whatever it may be it's it's an important reason that they're going so giving them the capacity to focus on their job is is vital yeah i was talking with randy wilson and uh in a past interview and what she said was that the boomers um are starting to get to retirement age. Mm -hmm. And then everything that we went through with COVID has put a lot of pressure on the market to produce, um, you know, talent. There's going to be a need for talent everywhere. Right. Right. Um, but that talent is not always going to be local to you. Mm -hmm. So do you think that more companies will look to relocation to be able to fill their talent needs going forward? Yeah. Or how do you see that working out? Yeah. So you bring up the pandemic. It's a great thing to look at and, and kind of learn from. You have the initial wave of, of employees kind of working from home. And then now there's kind of a movement to back in the office. Um, you also have, you know, the great resignation where attracting and retaining talent became paramount. It, it was priority number one for, for every company in every industry. Um, with the with the boomers kind of aging out of the workforce and uh, more employees kind of working their way into it, combined with a with a you know kind of reintegrating into the the in office or maybe even a hybrid work schedule, you you still do have to be located fairly close to the company that you're working for. Um, I know remote work is out there, but it, it seems like it's kind of leveling off a little bit. It doesn't seem like, you know, all every company's just disbanding uh, to work from home. I I would say that there is more of an acceptance with relocating for work than there's ever been before. Um, you know, our generation, millennials and uh, Gen Z, very open to living in any corner of the United States. Want to see the world. Yeah, they, they want to see the world. It, it's it's not just your small town that you're from anymore and you stay there your whole life. So with that, um, they're going to be applying for companies that are in different locations and they're going to be more open and receptive when companies come to them and ask them to relocate. Uh, so with that increased volume of yeses that, that come with it, there's going to be an increased demand in companies looking outwardly for assistance um, and, and looking for quality assistance. You know, there, there's lots of companies out there um, that can get the job done. But at the end of the day, you, you need to focus on the quality of the work that's being done uh, and the quality of the service that's being provided. Um, so I think that's where NEI kind of separates itself. You know, our, our motto is services uh, exceeding expectations. Um, and that's what we live by. I mean, it's what I've experienced 
in every department that I've been here, uh, every role that I've had. Um, it's not just a motto, it's, it's what we expect. One of the things that um, was kind of brought to mind when I was thinking about emerging markets was what are the policies that we're putting together? What are the programs we're putting together? You know, trying to pre-tailor programs so that they're competitive, they're streamlined, they're reliable. You want to make sure that if you're getting into relocation for the first time, that what you, what you're doing is um, you're using best practices. You're using um, what is going to um, what's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these uh, these companies will get in and. Um, they don't have a lot of experience yet. So it, there's more emphasis on the expertise for the RMC, right. you know, in sort of choosing some of these benefits for them, right? But, um, you know, when you think about, um, you know, companies that have been doing uh, relocation for a long time mm -hmm. and, um, you know, some of the questions that come up is like, has your relocation program changed in, mm -hmm. in a while? You know, like, are you making sure that it's up to date? Are you making sure that it's cost effective? Like how many, um, uh, how many exceptions are you having to grant right. because uh, your policy is just not competitive, not attractive, mm -hmm. not up to date, you know? And so that's kind of one area where I, I think um, looking at emerging markets and everything that we do with them can have some carryover to, um, you know, programs that are long established. Mm -hmm. And the principle is just make sure that you're up to date because the market's competitive. And so your benefits have to be competitive. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and we combat that with our NEI Now offering. It, it is what it sounds like. NEI Now is getting to work with NEI right now as quickly as possible. Uh, sometimes you don't have time to, to wait. Sometimes you have employees that are needing to relocate right away. And that need might be what pushed you over the edge to reach out in the first place. So um, while you're getting that kind of crash course in global mobility and we're educating you on the relocation industry, we're also needing to put forth a product that's kind of you know off the shelf turnkey solution um, for you to have you know a program in place right away so that you can kind of just get get going uh, with it while you're learning about it, while we're implementing. Um, so that's that's kind of the the idea of NEI now. It, it's kind of more aimed at emerging markets um, to, to help facilitate their their entrance into, into this world. Um, with that, you know, I give a lot of credit to our uh, global mobility strategies department. They, they do a phenomenal job of um, running surveys and benchmarks, and it, it really they collect a lot of data on the industry at large, NEI specifically, um, even different industries of clients that we have so that we can see, you know, say you're a food and beverage manufacturer. Well, we, we have the data to, to look at and say, well, we have this many food and beverage manufacturers. Um, this is what we've seen that works with them. These benefits uh, are what we see these types of employees needing most often. Um, and, and you really get a sense of the expertise that we have and the experience that we have uh, and the data-driven decisions that we make. Uh, so when we give you this NEI Now package and, and recommend it to you, um, obviously you it's still your decision, right? You're still the customer, you still get to decide, uh, we actually don't love this benefit, we'd, we'd rather go with this one. So you do have you know, your say in all of it, but it really helps give a really nice foundation 
um, of a policy that would stand on its own um, or you can build from. So it, it really gives you that flexibility um, and that nice entrance into that, the industry. All right, so another question I had. So you have these emerging markets, okay? And I'm just curious, um, kind of what are the latest relocation trends, any innovations that um, kind of, they particularly benefit emerging markets? Mm -hmm. Yeah, F flexibility, I would say, is old faithful in, in relocation. Since the beginning of it, everyone wants a company who's flexible and can work with them because companies are different. You know, there's, there's different styles of employees. You could be, uh, all of your roles could be office jobs and, or another company could have all their roles be at a manufacturing plant. And those are two different worlds that you're trying to navigate. So they need that, that flexibility. And it, it's no different for emerging markets. Um, a couple ways that we've tried to combat that is, is we do have our uh, core flex program here at NEI, where it allows you to have core benefits that you offer to everybody because it's just a human need when you're moving. Uh, and then flex benefits that they can choose from that, that's most advantageous to their specific relocation. Um, so it's really nice and it allows the company to be flexible in what they're offering to their employees, uh, the employees to feel empowered, uh, like they have a say in their relocation. Um, another great option um, that's, that's new for NEI is our iSelect program. Um, and so that that's you know available to to companies of any size, but uh, it, it really allows you to say maybe from you used to just do lump sums, um, and you say here's a pile of cash, and I'll I'll see you in Toronto. Um, now it's hey we have this amount of money set aside to move you. Here's the benefits that our partner NEI can offer. Um, and we want you to select what's going to be the most advantageous to you across the board. Um, and then that way they get to kind of allocate their own money into what's what's important to them. Um, Everyone likes buffets. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and if you're, you know, if you're like a, a single just graduated guy in like a, a, a major metropolis and all you have is an apartment, not that much stuff, you, you probably don't need household goods shipment. You probably can just you know, pack it in a suitcase or, or your car or something. Um, and if you're a family of four and you you own a house and you have, you know, four or five bedrooms and things of that nature, you're going to need someone to pack all that up and, and get it across the country or across the world. So um, it really offers that flexibility for you. Um, all, all of it kind of ties into our technology. Uh, and I, I think that's the coolest part about NEI to me is our technology. Uh, we have different... Uh, portals for uh, a client portal for the clients, uh, employee portal for obviously the transferees. Um, and both sides can kind of manage those moves and, and kind of be able to have a broader view of what's going on uh, instead of being so focused on just the tasks that they're handling that day. Uh, and it gives them a place to, to kind of house everything. Like all your updates in one place. Yeah. All the, um, the options. So like with... Because iSelect is CoreFlex technology, right? Mm -hmm. And so when the transferees are, you know, getting into iSelect and they're making their selections, what are some examples of, you know, the core uh, benefits, but then also some examples of those benefits that they can choose from that are, you know, more of that like buffet, buffet style? Yeah. So, for example, 
you're going to need temporary living when you get to a new city. Unless you're the rare individual who's moving to a city where you might have family or friends in or something where you can maybe, maybe you prefer to crash with them um, before you move into your permanent place of residence, you're going to need temporary living. So that's a good example or household goods shipment, uh, maybe some destination services uh, to assist you in finding a new home. Those are all benefits that are pretty core to the relocating experience. Uh, now, there are some flex benefits uh, from an international perspective. For example, uh, we have departure services. So this helps you close bank accounts, break leases, th things that you kind of have to logistically do to exit a location. Now, if you're from that country, you probably know how to handle those things. Now, we do see that that benefit is highly beneficial to, say, an American gets relocated to um, Switzerland for a year, and then they take another assignment to Dubai, well, they might not know Switzerland's laws uh, or how to close a bank account. So benefits, that's an example of how a benefit can be highly beneficial for one person and not really needed for another. So I'm I'm really curious, uh, then when you have these, these uh, companies getting into relocation, how do they pick from all the relocation management companies. Mm -hmm. I imagine it's not a one size fits all approach, but then there's also just qualities that should be standard. You know, can you explain sort of the clients you're working with and you know what what they are looking for in an RMC, but also maybe what they should be looking for? Yeah. So I, I would say if you're looking for an RMC and, and you don't know where to start, because there's so many options, which there are, um, there are a lot of options out there. You really need to focus on who are you, what are your core values, and what, what are you looking for as far as overlap with partners that you work with in general, and, and kind of apply that to the RMC world as well. So finding someone who has similar core values as you, uh, someone who is trustworthy, accountable, um, you know, the service is exceptional. Th these are all things that we would expect from any partner um, or customer that we're, we're looking to work with. So that's highly important. You have to look for those things. But then um, cultural fit can be kind of a, a funny thing. You know, all of your values can align. They can be of high character and, and the cultural fit's just not there. Explain to me a little bit more with regards to cultural fit, like put legs on that to where I understand, um, like as far as you know, your business is concerned, what is a good cultural fit when you're partnering? Because NEI does a fair amount of partnering with other companies and we have our own criteria for what we look for. And then with these RMCs trying to partner with NEI, they should have, or I'm just curious about that the yeah. cultural fit. So, so you you mentioned it. When, when we work with service partners, right, we have a process where we vet everyone and, and they have to meet a very high standard of expectations that we have because we want to offer the best quality of experience um, as well as the, the best cost effectiveness for the program um, to our clients. So we would imagine on, on the flip side, the client is going to be expecting that from their RMC as well. Um, so when, when you talk about cultural fit, are you a company that is a little more laissez-faire in your approach? Uh, you know, you maybe throw a request out there and, and you say, you know, get back to me in a week and, you know, this isn't high priority. Uh, are you a company that is 
if I shoot you an email, I, I want a response within within a few hours. Um, so that that is an example of how company cultures could be a little different uh, and expectations could be a little different. And you just want to make sure that the company that you're working with is going to view it the same way that you do uh, so that there's not these little problems or conflicts that, that can maybe arise uh, just like any any partnership. Um, Where's NEI on that spectrum that you just gave? Yeah, we so NEI is it, we're very prompt, very attentive. Um, when we get a new authorization, for example, from my time on the international team, you you reach out to that transferee within 24 hours of, rece of receiving that authorization. Um, when you receive an email uh, with a question, you respond within two hours. Um, you know, it, it's a really good mixture of promptness uh, and that expectation of, of being prompt in your responses mixed with understanding that that we all have uh, complex and demanding roles. And, and sometimes you could be spread between a couple of projects that you're working on. You could be at lunch or something. So, you know, it's not crazy. We're not expecting, you know, 10 minute, 30 minute turnarounds, but, but, you know, we do want you to feel that we are prioritizing whatever concern you're bringing to us. Um, even if it's just to say, Hey, this is a more complex question. I, I'm, I'll have to take this internally. We're going to get an answer for you, but give me 24 hours or 48 hours, whatever it may be, just communicating that up front so that the other side knows that you're, you're working on it and that they're in good hands. One of the things that I think is neat about NEI is um, there's a really unique blend of like technical proficiency mm -hmm. and like the human element. Yeah, personability. Yeah, I mean, just like um, you, there's this, this concept of having you know, uh, the right person in the right seat mm -hmm. and you can hire good people. And if they're in the wrong seat, you know, like, uh, with, um, like it or expense tracking or any of those things, um, they can, there can be personable, outgoing, wonderful people in those roles. Mm -hmm. And then, um, maybe they're just, uh, like they're just not in the right role. You know, but I think NEI does a really good job at putting the right people in the right seat so that um, so that the company can operate, you know, um, at high, high efficiency. Explain to me, uh, how does the complexity of a relocation program change as the company expands? So that's a very interesting kind of thought experiment. You, you look at a company who's expanding and their needs could be very different from another company who's expanding, right? Some companies might be expanding internationally. Uh, some companies might be just expanding within the U.S. And there's a lot of cultural shifts that, that go into that, um, trying to maintain your company culture, um, trying to have the right talent in the right places. Those are all complexities that, that you face. Um, sometimes this comes with expansion of benefits being offered for your for your policies. Sometimes it's just offering more relocations in general. Um, so I, I would say when it comes to expanding, companies are unique. Um, some companies might might need a little more coaching from a relocation standpoint, uh, and some some don't. They, and they have a very good idea of what they want to do, how they want to attack it. Uh, and, and we're open to both. I mean, if you come to us and say, this is what we want to do, that's what we're going to do. Uh, now, if there's a, a real issue with it, um, maybe a complexity that 
we have the experience or that we can kind of maybe forecast for you, we'll let you know. Um, but we're not going to, you know, push back on your program just because we didn't come up with that idea. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, if you come to us and say, hey, we're expanding, like, what do we need to know about this? We, we have a vast background um, and, and likely we've worked in that area in the past or uh, with a current client in that area right now. So that helps us kind of predict what, what benefits are going to be critical um, to that location. Um, and then I touched on international a little bit before. If you're expanding internationally, you might need a whole international program. You might have been just U.S. domestic before that. And now you're looking to go to another country. The, the programs are different. You're looking at visa and immigration, cultural orientation, language training, uh, all of these things where your employees are going to have to now open a bank account in a foreign country, get registered with the local government in a foreign country. These are all things that we take a look at and, and would make recommendations on uh, to, to kind of assist you. Like cost of living differences and stuff. Absolutely, too. Yeah. yeah. So explain to me, what kind of differentiators are emerging market companies looking for in the company that they're going to work with? So there's quite a few. Um, when it comes to differentiators, I mean, every RMC is is a little unique in the way that they approach things. Some are larger, maybe a little more rigid in this is what we do, this is how we do it. Um, and some are a little more flexible. Um, and I think for the emerging markets, they need a good combination of that flexibility and that rigidity a little bit uh, so that they can have that foundation as well as put their own flair on it, put, you know, point out what benefits are important to them. Um, and, th and that's what we kind of try to strive for is to offer just that solid foundation uh, as well as kind of handholding when making the programs unique. Um, so, so that's kind of what emerging market tends to, to look for is companies who are willing to be adaptable and work with them and, and grow with them as they grow. Explain to me a little bit more about, um, so you have flexibility, which you just expounded on. Are there any more differentiators that RMCs are looking for that, um, especially in the emerging markets, that really set apart um, a company that is ready to work with somebody like them? Mm -hmm. When you think of the emerging market, it, it can be large name brand companies who just don't do a ton of relocation. And that very much so can be the case. But when you think of emerging market, it typically is smaller, up and coming uh, companies that are growing organically, mom and pop shop type of operations that have really expanded. Um, so there, there's a lot more heart that's gone into this company um, that you don't see because you know we're kind of focused on on the business side of it. Um, you, you take a look at NEI as a company that started within one family and has still been within that same family uh, for the entirety of its existence, and we've grown organically. And there's a lot of love and patience that's been put into it. You can feel that same sense of care that we put into our company and that we're going to put into yours that you have put into yours, um, and and that's you know, kind of a differentiator. You don't want to walk into a meeting and feel like you are just another fish in the ocean or um, 
you know, you went from being a mom and pop operation to now just corporate America in one step. Like companies don't like to take that big of a leap right away. Um, so you still want someone that's large enough to handle any need that could possibly come up, uh, as well as having kind of that small feel to it um, where it's a little more personable. So now for the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> so I got the curveballs right here. I'm just going to um, sit here and be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude, this one's so awesome. It says, okay, so if you could have any superpower to make corporate relocation smoother for clients, what would it be? Oh, teleportation. Teleportation. Dang, he Easily. stole mine. Man. Easily. If I you mean, could have a, that, sorry, that was taken. You, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> you have to have, pick another power. Um. Wait, wait, time out. Wait, before we get to this, is it is it that you can teleport their stuff or them? Or like, are you going to be like Nightcrawler where you just like, you're doing most of the teleporting. It's like, I got to take this box and then this one. Yeah. I mean, all of the above. You know, relocating <laughs> the, the people and the, and the stuff. I mean, it, like. Because that's like a superpower. Like if it's Star Trek, you know, then you're just like, okay. Yeah. Leave it to wherever it has to go. Yeah, yeah. But you're not along for the ride. But then, like, it's it seems like Nightcrawler is like the superpower of teleportation. You know. Yeah, yeah. So if I couldn't pick teleportation, maybe. And I always get these mixed up. So, but is it reading people's minds? Is that telekinesis? Yeah. Okay. So if you can read the minds of all all of the employees. <laughs> wait, 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 no, tele telepathy. No, that's right? floating stuff. No, telekinesis is like moving things with your mind. Oh, okay. See, I, I always get those reversed. Okay. Tele yeah. Telepathy. Yeah. So if you can read the mind of the transferee, right, you kind of get to predict what's what's going on. You can read the minds of your service partners. You can kind of see like the the obstacles that are that they're seeing from their end that they're trying to work through. And from the client perspective, you can kind of see again what obstacles they're facing and so to be able to just be ahead of every single problem that pops up you just look like the best business in the world <laughs> <laughs> clarify telekinesis is the ability to move objects at a distance and tele and uh, telepathy. telepathy is my, my reading okay perfect so, you know like in joe rogan where he'll ask people away from the screen like a question and uh -huh. they'll come in with the answer we got that nice nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we totally did all right. Well, that concludes our discussion with uh, Philip Wynn. We want to thank you for coming on to Relocation Leader, and we hope that this was enlightening to everyone listening. Hope you had a few laughs with uh, some of our fun questions, and uh, we'll see you next time. This has been Relocation Leader, the podcast where we help professionals advance in the world of global mobility. Find our episodes and the video version in the podcast show notes, and listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time.